Welcome to the Iceland with Kids podcast. We're sharing the best tips and tricks to help you plan an amazing vacation to Iceland. Your host is Eric Newman, the founder of Iceland with Kids. Eric offers custom vacation plans and personal tour guide services for families visiting Iceland. Check out all of the details at icelandwithkids.com. Here's Eric and the Iceland with Kids podcast. Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 13 of the Iceland with Kids podcast. Today, I'm very excited to bring you my interview with the owners of Melraki Adventures. Uh, Melraki offers uh, tours on Iceland's south coast. They offer glacier hikes and also ice cave tours or a combination of both. Um, they share lots and lots of practi- practical tips you can use, whether you're doing a tour with Melraki or with somebody else. Information about the kinds of clothes to wear, uh, the types of tours you should take, the times of year, um, and lots and lots of great advice. So definitely listen in if you're looking to take a a tour, either a glacier hike or an ice cave tour. Uh, They also share some information that is uh, specific to their company. Um, They allow kids younger than 10, actually as young as six, as long as their feet are big enough. So be sure to listen in if you have kids in that sort of seven, eight-year-old range um, who may have big enough feet to take a tour with them. Um, They also offer uh, an amazing uh, coupon discount. I actually wasn't expecting this, uh, but they're offering a 15% discount to listeners of this podcast and readers of the Iceland with Kids website. Um, The code is Iceland with Kids. So if you go to their website, melraki.com, M-E-L-R-A-K-K-I.com, and when you're booking, um, after you add your tour or tours to your cart, uh, when you start the checkout process, look to the right-hand side where it gives you a cart summary. If you enter the code Iceland with Kids, all one word, uh, Iceland with Kids, capitalization doesn't matter, and apply that, you'll get 15% off. Uh, their prices, to be honest, are already cheaper than many other prices you'll see. Uh, Melraki, uh, I think, offers you more time on the glacier uh, and for a lower cost, even prior to this discount. And the 15% discount really makes it one of the better values I've seen uh, for quality tours in Iceland. So be sure to check them out. If you want to see some pictures um, of their tours, you can head to icelandwithkids.com slash podcast. But let's dive right into my interview with the owners of Melraki Adventures. All right. I am excited to welcome Otor and Katerina from a company called Melraki Adventures based on the South Coast. Uh, thanks for joining me, both of you today. Thank you for having us. Sure. Um, let me just start with um, your background. So um, both of you, I think, had desk jobs, I guess, where you were working in an office and um, you pivoted uh, to starting to offer uh, tours, like glacier tours and ice cave tours on Iceland's south coast. I'd love to hear, first of all, just how that process, how you came to, to become tour guides. So, yeah, we both have very different backgrounds. And if you asked us maybe five years ago, if we would ever work in as a tour guide, we probably would say no. Uh, I was studying right. visual effects and Katarina was studying uh, engineering. And after our studies, we both started working in the service industry. But for me, it was uh, kind of just a chance. My brother was working as a tour guide, as a glacier guide, and he got me a job for a few tours just to help out a little bit. And I just immediately loved it. So I just never left. And then a few years later, Katarina, she started working for the same company. And yeah, then two years ago, yes. two years ago that now we decided to, we wanted to do things a little bit differently. So we decided to start our own company. Oh, wow. And is the other company still around that your brother is yes. running? Yes. Are you competing? 
That's pretty funny. Um, now, one thing you guys do differently, which I love, is that all of your tours are, are very, very small. So I guess I have two questions there. One is that are all of the tours just run by one or both of you? And I guess two, what is the sort of maximum number of people you would take on, on a tour? Yes. So usually it's just one of us always having our own group. And we have maximum eight people, which is, I think, almost half the size that almost everyone else has. So before we were always having a lot more people. So because of that, it was kind of one of the reasons why we wanted to start our own company. We were just thinking that it is so much better experience for the clients. It's also nicer for us to you know connect with the people and it is also a lot safer when you don't have to take care of 15, 16 people, it's just eight. So we can adjust the pace and we can take care of everyone better like that. Sure, and that's great. And I don't think I've heard of any other company that only has a maximum of eight people per tour. That's that's pretty special, I think. Yes. That's great. Um, all right, so we're talking about tourists here, and I haven't really told people what type of tour, so I, uh, you can correct me if I'm wrong. I think there are two types of tours. Uh, one is you guys offer tours of ice caves, and then you do glacier hikes, and I guess you do some that are combinations of, of both as well. Um, but let me start with the, the ice caves. Um, this is something actually I'd love to hear you guys clarify. There are a couple of ice caves that are open all year round, but most of them are only sort of winter opportunities and your tours are only uh, winter ice caves. Is that right? Yes. So there, there are a few ice caves that are open the whole year round or main, mainly one that is not man-made. Uh, that one is called Katla. That one is very close to a very big volcano as well. So it is pretty much covered with ash. So it's not, not as blue and nice as the ones we are going to. Uh, the main reason the ice caves are not accessible in summertime, it's just because of the accessibility and like safety issues. So most of these ice caves are created by meltwater from the glacier. So during the summertime, there's just a big muddy glacier river coming through them. Uh, it's just impossible to access them and sometimes these rivers they change their path so they are accessible in the summertime but it can just be so warm outside then there's danger of them collapsing so majority of the companies are only running ice cave tours in the winter time got it and this is kind of a weird question that i've, I've wondered are there new caves being created or discovered over time? Like, I think you guys maybe are going back to the same caves every year, but are people even today sort of finding new caves? And if so, were they always there or is just, are they being created by, by nature? Yeah, it is usually different every year. So at the glaciers we go to, usually every year we have to look for a new cave. So oh, wow. in the autumn or like after the summer, usually maybe end of September or so, when things are more frozen on the glacier, there is less water. We just go and start looking for caves. Sometimes we find them, sometimes not. Oh, wow. So every year you're sort of looking to see what your business is going to be. Yes. It could be a nice giant new cave, a smaller cave. You don't know don't know what you're going to find. Exactly. You're really, it's Mother Nature working against you or with you. Yeah, <laughs> That's pretty interesting. This is kind of a problem. Like, uh, it is really hard to plan for the future in this. Uh, we are offering this ice cave tour, but then there's a question if it's actually going to be there the next winter or if there's not going to be anything. Um, right. That's crazy. 
Um, and I assume you have to judge that each of these caves is also safe, right? I guess maybe in the middle of winter, maybe it's less likely, but you have to make sure that it's safe. And that's a reason people shouldn't go looking for these caves on their own. Is that right? Yeah, we, we are always constantly we are looking around the caves. There are there are a lot of things that can go wrong there, but we are always accessing them. Accessing them. I don't know this word. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Sure. Um, and you mentioned this a couple of minutes ago, but I, I want to clarify this. So you talked about the, the, the sort of beautiful blue color. I think when people look on Instagram or somewhere else and even on your website and they're looking at pictures of the ice caves, um, they're seeing these beautiful, bright blue colors in a lot of these. And I, even the ones that are open during the summer, I think, if you or if you could go to your caves during the summer, you wouldn't see that same color. And that's because of the, of the, the, the glacier water you were talking about, how it's sort of brown and muddy that you don't get that same beautiful blue color during the during the summer, or is that in the in the winter time they are just beautifully blue. Uh, but in the summertime, that if the sunlight is shining so a little bit inside it or reflecting, then it can be melting the top layer there and it can be turning white. But yeah, if you go further into the ice caves in the summertime, they're still gonna be blue. If the, if there is some sunlight able to shine through at least. Oh, interesting. Okay. So it's just sunlight hitting the, the entrance area. So if you find a big enough cave, you'll still get the blue. Yeah. If you go further in where the sunlight is not shining directly at it, then, or like reflecting closely at it, then it is, it is going to be blue as well. But, but there are so few ice caves accessible in the summertime. Right. I was going to say, you go in the winter, you know, you're going to hopefully have an ice cave and you know, it's going to, to, to be blue. So it's sort of problem solved. Go in the winter time, you'll get a, the beautiful blue cave you've seen online. Yes. It's uh, I would definitely recommend more going to ice caves in the winter, the winter time rather than trying it in the summer. Right. Okay. Makes sense. Thanks. Good to know. Um, so maybe walk me through what an ice cave tour is like, I guess. Are you starting off in a, a Jeep or a super Jeep to, to get, to, I guess it's different every year where you're going to go, but you're riding first to the ice cave or close to the ice cave. How does it work? Yeah. So we, we are offering now like two types of ice cave tours. One is just an ice cave tour. And in that one, we are driving for about 30 minutes or so in our Jeep. To, to the glacier, then just a short walk to the glacier itself. And then we spend the rest of the time in the ice cave itself. And uh, this is uh, this is a sapphire cave, which is called. And it's a pretty big cave, so people want to spend a lot of time in it and photographing it. And then we have another tour that is an ice cave and a glacier hike. And it's a lot, a lot shorter drive to the glacier and we spend less time in that cave um, for like this year the cave the only cave available to us it's called the blueberry cave and it, it gets that name because it is really tiny and a little bit blue and most of the time in that tour is actually spent hiking on the glacier itself uh, did you guys get to, to name the cave do you discover it and find the blueberry cave or does somebody else name it, was it? Our friend who found it before us. <laughs> Very cool. I like that. Then. It is usually the, the person who finds the cave that gets to name it. So. All right. So hopefully you guys will find a cave this year or next year and you'll get to, to name yes. it. <laughs> Melraki. Uh, speaking of names, uh, the name of your company, I forgot to ask this earlier. Uh, uh, Melraki is related to an Arctic fox. Yes. It is one of the oldest Icelandic names for Arctic fox. 
and Arctic foxes sometimes go on the glacier in the winter when there is mostly when there is snow on the ice, when they can actually walk on it, they are not slipping around. So sometimes in the winter we can see footprints of them. So that's why we named it like that. Okay, so that's a benefit of going on a, a glacier hike in the winter, yes. where you can do those in the summer as well, but you might see the Arctic fox. Mm-hmm. Actually, speaking of the, the, the glacier hike, do you offer the glacier hikes year-round, or is that only a, a summer activity? Yeah, we, we offer it the whole year-round. Uh, in, okay. in the beginning, when we started the company, we mainly wanted to offer glacier hikes, uh, not really the ice cave tours, because personally, we think you can see more on the, on the glacier hikes, and the ice caves are sometimes a little bit crowded, but I would say like 99% of people are really determined to see an ice cave. So we just had to start offering those tours as well. But in yeah, at least in my opinion, the best time to go on a glacier hike is in the winter time, especially when it, there's a little bit of snow on top of it, because it is so beautiful to see all these blue peaks just sticking out of the white snow. Right. In the in the summertime on a glacier hike, there's a little bit more gray sometimes, right? Than the south coast, you get some of the, the, the black sand and black ash that makes it maybe not as white or not as, and not, not blue at all because it's the summertime. Did I say that correctly? So, yeah, in the summertime, the sunlight is melting the top layer of the glacier. So the blue color, you're kind of only seeing that in the cracks and in the holes. So the top layer is basically just white and it's really easy to walk on it. And that I would say to go with kids on the glacier, it's perfect in the summertime. It's, uh, it's so easy to walk on it. Then. And yeah, sometimes there's quite a lot of dust and uh, and a little bit of volcanic ash blowing on the glacier, which can, which can make it a little gray as well. Right. It's still beautiful. It's just different. Yeah. It's beautiful in a different way. Yeah. So tell me how the, the, the how the glacier hike works. You said if you're just doing a glacier hike, let's say it's the summertime, it's it's a, just a short drive to the yes. to the glacier. You drive or? to the foot of the glacier. The drive is like 15 minutes maybe, and then most of the time of the hike we spend on the ice. So if it's a three-hour glacier hike, it's like two two and a half hours maybe that we spend on the glacier itself hiking. Okay, very cool. Yeah, so sometimes I've seen the glacier hike where you actually have to walk 15, 20 minutes to the to the foot of the glacier. And actually, those walks are getting longer as the glaciers are melting. Um, but you guys, again, maybe one of the benefits of having a smaller tour is you can drive people just in a van, I assume, and it's not a huge deal. So that's another benefit, huh? Yeah, I think it's uh, it uh, definitely helped. It saves a lot of time to drive to the glacier. So we are usually able to spend a lot more time actually doing the glacier hike rather than just walking to the glacier. So it's uh, right. It's yeah. Nice. It's nice to have a big car. I like that. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. It's, it's nice, nice what? to have a big car that can get there. <laughs> right. That, that, I guess the reason you have the maximum of eight is because that's how many can fit in your car. <laughs> um, now, one thing I noticed on your website is that um, a lot of uh, glacier hikes have a minimum age of, of 10. Um, your minimum age is six, which is lower than I've ever seen, I think, anywhere else. But it's not so much a minimum age as a minimum shoe size, right? Can you walk me through how that works for younger kids? Yeah, the, the minimum age for our tour is six years old. And I think the other companies, they keep it higher because they have a lot bigger group members. So for us, we have such small numbers that it's very easy to, to, to look after the kids on the glacier as well. And 
the shoe size it's related to the crampons so we need to wear crampons on the ice and at the moment our crampons are only they don't go smaller than the shoe size of 34. That's 34 uh, EU size, which I guess is uh, a three. I think I'll have to, in the show notes, I'll, I'll tell people exactly what the sizes are. Um, but I think I looked it up and I think that maybe that 34 is maybe the average shoe size of a kid around the age of seven or so. So um, I guess a warning to parents is that you can take younger kids, but don't assume you have to measure your kid's shoe size. This is a little bit like Disney World where your kid has to be at least, you know, 40 inches tall <laughs> um, to ride the ride. Here you have to have this, the shoe size minimum um, to, to, to wear these crampons. Um, now, do people need special shoes um, to, to put the crampons? They, need, they can't just wear sneakers to attach these crampons. These are for people who don't know, the crampons are these you know, big metal, they have basically spikes on the bottom, um, or at least some sort of sharp metal thing on the bottom that helps you grab the ice. Um, and people either have to rent boots from you or bring their own boots? Yes, you can come with your own shoes, but they should be, it shouldn't be sneakers. It shouldn't be like very soft shoes. So it's always good to have ankle support also on the ice and just, you know, walking in the crampons. So. It is completely fine to have some hiking boots. And you, but you guys also have ones people can rent yes. if they need to? Yes. Yeah, we have shoes. Down to a size 34? Sorry, yeah, starting from, we have shoes for rent starting from size 34 European. Perfect. Um, now you said that um, you know, it's a three-hour tour. If you do just a glacier hike, if you if you don't do the ice cave as well, um, three hours and there's maybe fifteen minutes each way um, in the car. So you're about two and a half hours on the glacier, um, which it sounds great. Um, you know, it's nice to get value for your money. Do people have trouble with that? Maybe younger kids. It's two and a half hours. You're I assume you're walking up, up, up for the first half and back down for the second half. Um, is that strenuous for either kids or maybe people who aren't in as good a shape? So it is a little bit less uh, less than that because uh, well, there is the drive each way, and then it takes time to just you know walk this little distance from the car to the glacier and putting on the crampons and going over the safety speech and everything. So that takes a little bit of time. And we aren't just constantly walking on these glacier tours. We are stopping and taking photos and talking about the glaciers. And uh, it does happen that people are getting a little bit tired, but for most people, they have no problem with this basic tour. Uh, we even had about an 84-year-old man completing it uh, last summer, or yes. the summer before. He completed it without, wow. without any complaints. So. That's great. And I guess the younger kids also don't have problems because they're probably excited to be there, right? Yes, very. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's rather that we have problems with the parents than the kids. The kids are just super excited. <laughs> they're just playing around with the ice and eating it or drinking the melt water. And, and the parents, they are sometimes a little bit too confident. They want to just be running around. So. Actually, yeah, I meant to ask the 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 the, the meltwater. Um, that's something where can people bring you know empty water bottles and find a place to to fill a water bottle with this clear glacial spring water? Yes, yes, you can fill up your water bottle, and we also do Viking push up where we just drink straight from the streams on the glacier. We love that. <laughs> so yeah, definitely bring an empty bottle when you're coming on the glacier in the summer. Okay, good tip. And the other thing I guess you guys recommend, um, so we need boots so far, we 
don't need, but we should have an empty water bottle and also sunglasses, right? That's something people may not think about, but you know, if this is this sort of bright white glacier with the sun shining down, it, it can be hard on your eyes for a couple yeah, in hours. the summer when it's sunny, it can get really bright and almost blinding. So it is really good to have them with you. Sometimes you don't need them, but it's just good to have them on. Right. Okay, good. Um, any other tips for families, either for the, the, the glacier hike or the ice cave that maybe people should keep in mind? Bring layers, bring some extra clothes just in case in your backpack. And also it is good to have waterproof clothes, not just jackets, but also pants. And never come with jeans on because in case it starts raining or something, jeans just suck in all the moisture and you will get so cold in just a little bit. So yeah, bring good, good clothes. Yeah, that's a good tip. I guess if people are thinking, oh, it's a nice day or I'm going to be inside this ice cave, but you never know, exactly. right? You never know it's going to get rained on. It's... Right. <laughs> it changes every five minutes, right? Um, now, let me ask about, you know, COVID, because obviously that's, you know, we're doing this this podcast in early 2021 when travel is still uncertain, unfortunately. I, you know, you guys sort of looking back, I assume you didn't have a great 2020. Maybe you wish you'd, you'd, you'd kept your desk jobs for last year. Are you, no, I'm no. seeing a no. <laughs> um, are you seeing an increase in, in bookings so far, or is it still sort of not a wait and really. see approach you think from tourists? Yeah, not really. I think everyone is still waiting what's going to happen. And when we get some bookings, it's usually very last minute when people know that they can get here and they are testing negative and so people just wait and they are careful uh, yeah careful. right um if people are planning a trip and hoping to go later in the summer um if if they do make a, a reservation on your website i assume they can cancel if they're if they're if their trip is canceled so that's a get their money back yeah we are we are very flexible in that uh you can cancel that day before and you can get a full refund that's uh oh wow a nice policy okay so if people are considering a trip maybe you you know you think you can do it at least from europe or maybe from the united states they might as well book and then they can always cancel if, if yes. they need to as long as they have a decent decent sense they're going to get to go um any stories um you guys can share about ice caves or, or glacier hikes that maybe either could be cautionary tales or exciting moments i love the story about the 84 year old uh, guy who, who hiked the glacier any other sort of anecdotes like that so we have a lot of good memories from the glaciers, of course, had uh, a lot of memorable moments. And I think probably one of our favorites is, is when we meet people who have never seen snow before and or never, never seen a glacier or anything like this. And just seeing their, their reactions, it's, uh, it is quite, quite amazing. Um, those usually... Sorry. I was going to say, are those usually people from, from the United States, from Florida or Southern California? Yeah, there have been some, some people coming from the Southern states, but also quite a, quite a lot of people from Asia that have never, never seen snow before. Oh, right. And yeah, I don't think there have not been any horrible moments on the glacier. I think the, the worst things that have happened on our tours is that people do occasionally drop things. And there is a lot of very small, deep cracks and holes on the glacier. So right now there's there's plenty of foams on the glacier right now that will maybe surface in, in 20, 30 years or so. 
<laughs> As the glacier melts, people will find their old phones. Yes, huh? and, uh, it, it does happen regularly that we do find some ice axes or phones in the cracks. And, sunglasses. Uh, sunglasses. Gloves. Many things. <laughs> <laughs> I guess for the phones, maybe people need to like strap it to their wrist or something or have some way to attach it. Yeah. That, I didn't... that is not a bad idea to have it on some sort of leash. Right. I didn't think about that. You want to have your phone out to take pictures and video, but it's two and a, two hours on the glacier. You one little slip up and, and your phone is gone. That's a that's a good point. Um, so you mentioned that you really, I think, recommend or maybe I'm putting words in your mouth, but you, you, you love when people take the, the, the glacier tours. You'd rather give glacier tours than, than ice cave tours, I guess. Um, would you rather see people do the combo tour, like the glacier and ice cave tour in the wintertime? Or do you still recommend maybe just taking just a glacier tour and, and skipping the ice cave? That I would say that really depends on the year, what kind of ice cave there is to offer. But I think I would always recommend the ice cave and glacier hike. It's it's really nice to see both. And that tour is a little bit longer than the just the glacier hike. So we are spending a similar amount of time on the glacier hike as in the just in the normal glacier hiking tour. Um, Got it, okay. Yeah, I, I think like sometimes the caves people can get unrealistic expectations from the ice caves because all the photos there are always, of course, just one person standing in this huge ice cave. But when you get there, there's maybe 80 other people in there. But on the glacier, the glacier is so big, it's so easy to get away from the other groups and just be completely alone in the nature. And it's just, just perfect. Yeah. Right. I guess that makes sense. That's the Blueberry Cave that's so small. You have your group of eight, but other tours, they've only found the one cave. So it could be 16 or 20 from, from other tour groups. And it's sort of, you, you can't control that. Whereas on the glacier, you can control where you go yes. and get away from everything and everybody. Yeah. I, okay. I can't imagine how, how the Blueberry Cave would be if this was a normal year and there would be a, a few thousand or maybe a thousand people going on the glacier every day. It would be pretty crowded in there. You'd be desperate to find something else, right? So, where can people find more information about you guys, website or social media or anything else? Probably best is the website, and we of course have social media, Facebook or Instagram. Yeah. Okay, and they can just search for uh, uh, your your the name of your company, yes. which is uh, let me make sure I spell it for people here. So it's Melraki M E L R A K K I. So just add a I think yes. a .com to the end of that for the website, and search that on Facebook, and 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 they will find you. So yeah, and we have a lot of lot of photos and videos on our Instagram that gets updated quite regularly. So okay, very cool. Uh, anything else I missed? Any other stories or hints or tips you guys want to share? Not really. I, I think this is it. But we have, uh, okay. yeah, if, if any one of any of your listeners want to book a tour with us, they can use a promo code, promo code called Iceland with Kids, and that will give them 15% discount on our tours. Oh, wow. Thank you. That's great. Um, so let me make sure people understand that. So if you go to, to the website for Melrocky Adventures, which is melrocky.com and type in the code Iceland with kids, does it have to be capitalized or is, does it not matter? It doesn't matter. 
<laughs> okay. Uh, type that in, you'll get 15% off. So that's a, a great offer. Thank you very much for offering that to our listeners. We'll make sure we, we promote that and hype that and encourage people to, to do some tours with you guys, hopefully this summer, knock on wood. <laughs> <laughs> or this winter. <laughs> they can do the ice cave then. So, uh, well, thanks so much for joining me, guys. It's, it's been fun and uh, I've learned a lot. And I think this is a great uh, opportunity for people with, with kids, uh, kids younger than 10 who maybe can't do tours anywhere else, who can get a, a smaller experience um, as long as they have big enough uh, feet <laughs> to do a, a small tour with you guys um, as soon as people can get back to Iceland. So thanks so much for joining me. Thank you for having us. All right. I hope you really enjoyed that interview with Mel Rocky Adventures. Thanks for listening. And be sure to use that coupon code. As I said at the beginning, I think it's a really amazing deal. 15% uh, off of their prices that really are already low. I didn't realize they were giving me the code. Um, so I'm really impressed and happy and I hope that people can benefit from it. Um, that code should be good at least through the end of 2021 uh, and hopefully even longer. Um, so if you are considering a trip to Iceland, maybe even in 2022, um, hopefully they're not going to get mad at me for saying this. Now uh, you can use that code to book, you know, in 2021 uh, and maybe still save that, that 15%. Um, so there's no guarantee that code will last past the end of 2021, uh, but you can always give it a try. Uh, again, it's Iceland with Kids on their website, melrocky.com. Uh, be sure to measure your kids' shoe sizes um, and convert from the U.S. You know, to that, that size 34. Um, and email me if you have any questions or problems. Uh, I can definitely put you in touch with uh, the folks at, at Melrocky Adventures. My email address is eric at icelandwithkids.com. It's eric is E-R-I-C. Uh, thanks for listening, and I hope you have a great day and a great trip to Iceland. Thanks for listening to the Iceland with Kids podcast. For more information, check out our website at icelandwithkids.com. Or if you want help planning your Iceland vacation, or even having me serve as your personal guide in Iceland, just send me an email, eric at icelandwithkids.com. Thanks for listening.